0: I said, give me a hell, yeah. Hi, everybody, and welcome to an AEW contract signing. Green mist spewing dusty classic clashing episode of the brothers of Discovery. Woo! we're going to talk everything from aew's long-term plans to the scuttlebutt involving an impact champion that and much much more matt as always another hot spicy habanero flavored week of professional wrestling matt he's got a baby now he's employed technically and he still makes time for this podcast every single week Matt how are you I've been told that I'm moonlighting when I do this Mike um <laughs> it was really hard not, wow. not to laugh that one off um I well, actually uh moonlight is a podcast so... <laughs> <laughs> oh I don't know I don't know if you're completely focused on this job <laughs> oh all right, um, yeah, find us and uh, all my mood-lighting work at BODpodcast.com and Brothers of Discussion.com. Uh You can find our Twitter account at BOD Podcast, Find us on Facebook as the Brothers of Discussion. And, of course, our live wrestling discussion group, which is, as such, the live wrestling discussion, brought to you by BODpodcast.com. Uh, and we wanted to, I- I'll say this. I never say this. I took off the Brothers of Discussion label because I thought it was just too in your face. And I want people to feel more welcome and just know that it's it's all about the fans. Like we want, We're almost 400 strong in that group, which is incredible because there's so many wrestling groups out there. So we appreciate 400 people saying, we want to listen to what these guys have to say. Uh, but yeah, I, and also, Mike, we just hit 3,000 on Twitter. So big props Ooh. to everybody out there. And of course, all the biggest... Our biggest fans, Lady of a Thousand Four Holds and uh, Amy Dalton. Oh. oh, oh no! <laughs> well, that's We're out Star there now. Out yep. and she's not. Yep. She's retweeting everything anyway. If you're following us, you know <laughs> Amy. Uh, you probably follow her anyway. Um, we'll be seeing Amy actually next weekend. A weekend, uh, one week from now, because we'll be heading out to Houston, Mike. Woo! For one reason. For the Royal Rumble! And I don't know if you got my Facebook Messenger, um, <laughs> message. <laughs> did you? I don't know. Uh, what did it say? A voodoo... If it was something I want to do, I probably saw it. If it was something I didn't want to do, I didn't look a at voodoo it. A Voodoo Donuts just opened tonight in Houston. Woo! Yep. That will be... I didn't see that. We're gonna go. While Matt's dieting, he... Well... <laughs> uh i will be enjoying a um, let's see a a break from the fast i I suppose while i'm in houston uh but yeah the voodoo donuts will be a part of that broken fast uh very excited to uh to take part there um where where were we mike do you want to just talk wrestling i can't oh you're right listen to us on uh apple Podcasts and spotify uh soundcloud um if there's anywhere else you feel like it would be easier for you to get the brothers a discussion, let us know. Uh, cause we're always ready to adapt and learn and, and grow. We are about ready to jump ship from, uh, said SoundCloud and find a new provider of, uh, hosting, which I've found some good options. So we might just be in a new podcast situation that, uh, makes things easier for you. Um, yeah. So let us know, hit us up, uh, at BOD podcast, but, uh, I'm rambling now we're at four minutes and we got a lot of wrestling to talk. We've got about our We've got about yep. four hours of notes here in front of us. Uh, Mike, I want you to take it away here on the first point. And I sort of texted you why I think yes, that's proper. Uh, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of our specialty doing, uh, you know, 10 minutes of promos and then the actual wrestling, you know, it's a real WWE production here. Hey, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, kind of somber note here, uh, rest in peace to Rocky Johnson. Yes. Um, the rock's dead um he's a guy who uh you know not only did he give birth to the rock uh but he actually uh, was a, a black wrestling icon um because in a in an era of, you know we're talking um you know early 80s he's wrestling in the 70s um you know this is a time when basically you were fighting as your nationality um and for him to be out there kind of representing For the most part black culture knowing how wwe you know kind of uh situated their rosters and even you know going through today you know what what kind of uh uh diversity they they feature or don't feature um he's out there a guy who uh was was really athletic you know this is when we had the hulk hogans we had the uh 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 goodness gracious um uh, the russian wrestler Why can't I think of his name uh i, I don't know why you do this cuz i i'm in a completely different world making sure my audio levels are are set um i've i've uh ivan um i know you're doing it uh <laughs> kolov there we go so Pete, why couldn't i think of it i wrote it down too i've got too many um... hockey players on my mind so i was thinking barkovs <laughs> Yeah, he, you know, he'd be in matches against, uh, you know, that guy. And um, I think Rocky also should get credit for uh, being one of those uh, cross sport, um, you know, wrestlers because, you know, he's a trained boxer. And even when he watches matches, you know, he always had his um, um, his, uh, his arms up in a, in a defensive uh, posture. He also had his legs uh, um, kind of flexed all the time. It was kind of his go-to gesture. You know, so he was always ready to throw a fist out there um i think it's definitely something we can see the rock started to borrow from him uh yeah. not just with the drop kick not just with the stance um also one of my favorites uh when uh the rock would have an opponent you know on his on his back and the rock was upright he'd do that wishbone maneuver and give you a good stomp right in the gut that's something he got right from his dad and um like back when he was wrestling it was something that got a big pop um, and speaking of pops this guy you know definitely was an overface um he got to wrestle he didn't get a, a you know a um wWF championship but he was a tag team champion uh tony atlas so that was i think just a microcosm of things we've talked about today you know or outside of kofi kingston it felt like black wrestlers were definitely held back as far as you know who was at the top of the card but It wasn't for lack of trying. It wasn't for lack of uh, crowd investment because he definitely had both of those. Um, He was a fantastic wrestler. He was somebody that, you know, black wrestlers today were, um, you know, able to kind of point to and be like, you know, this guy inspired me to kind of get to where I am. Um, And so this, this is a loss. This is, um, you know, in an era where we're trying to get better, you know, as far as WWE is concerned, they're trying to get better. As far as uh, not just having, you know, black employees but actually letting them win and be at the top of the mountain um you know this is a this was a guy who 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 helped pave that road so this this is a loss for the wrestling community um you know and our condolences to the rock so this this was a this was a tough one um but with that said matt um you know rest in peace to him uh we do have to move on as as wrestling is you know the show must go on yep. and Matt, we're gonna pivot away from that and uh, talk about uh, AEW, throwing some money around, um, and also getting a little money. Matt, what, uh, what was the big news this week from AEW? Oh, we got uh, <laughs> we got we got two big pieces of news, and I think one uh, definitely led to another. But uh, AEW, I really thought what you're gonna do. is one piece of news was was big, and one was kind of like short, and that was gonna be a Taz joke. But go ahead. <laughs> Wait oh because <laughs> he's so little um <laughs> yeah he's a little munchkin all right man. well they, they extend their uh, relationship with tnt into 2023 and also aew dark is going to be coming off of youtube and going to television um Ooh. i think uh what was kind of sad was a lot of people went oh my god we're gonna have three aew shows in a week because they were counting aew dark and then uh that's that's the, that's the guy that got pulled onto TV. So, uh, AEW Dark and, uh, AEW Dynamite are, uh, are going to be on, on our, on our televisions until 2023, Mike. So no matter what happens, I think what, like one of the things that's been stuck in our craw is some long-term storyline. And I, I think there's been a lot of pressure to kind of push out some top stars and you've mentioned it, like who's been holding the belt uh and you know the, the reason that had to be done uh was to get some more of the casual viewers invested kind of thing like that i i think this is going to allow the creative team at aew to really relax let's do what aew does best let's start telling these sporting stories and we actually have i i, I do have some fun commentary and and thoughts about how how great The main event looks right now based on how these these uh matchups on a week-by-week basis are kind of lining up and and what it means for the AEW championship so uh, all that being said uh, it's uh, it's all good news for AEW from uh them receiving money uh on the flip side they're giving it out to Taz hey hey Cole um well I guess he's not gonna be saying hey Cole uh because uh, taz is gonna be he's still Mike. he's i mean <laughs> he, he's gonna be trying to get jr back on track i mike i i think with this news i it's obviously good news we all loved taz uh he's still fantastic uh he he's a guy that really respects the sport i'm not saying that jr doesn't but the way he talks about aew it's kind of like he's saying hey y'all know that uh i don't take notes um <laughs> i i'm not gonna remember him anyway so uh what what was the one he did on botchamania was uh awe and and, and then uh excalibur Aww. had to go uh no we're we're all in all right now so you're you're right on top of it you <laughs> are um <laughs> uh, yeah that's that's uh not what i meant but uh aw in the ring now uh, it's just <laughs> uh it's just just a. Uh, it's a joy for all the wrong reasons to listen to jr so i i think the question mike you've got three names to pick from you've also now got two shows who who are you dropping or are we splitting up these teams to be two and two uh i'd like to hope that this is going to stick as a three-man group and one of the names is dropping off the list uh first off quick question yeah. I, I haven't seen the confirmation yet is it going to be two programs or is dark just going to play after dynamite oh um i kind of like a you know monday night raw war, like uh war zone kind of thing that they used to do what i saw was uh dark would be on uh tbs so still a mm. you know one of the channels uh, associated. turner network yes, television thank you yeah. yeah with the turner network um that that's what i saw i i don't I don't have any long and short information about what their plan is for when they're going to put it on TV I, or any of that. If if I'm them, I mean, they're squeaking by NXT uh, numbers-wise, yeah. uh, you know, at least if we're going by the Nielsen ratings, which, you know, you and I agree are not very telling numbers in 2020. Right. Uh, but I, oof, I don't know if they want to extend to two days. Um I mean, I think they kind of strategically picked Wednesdays because I think Fridays are, are just terrible weekdays. Mondays, you already got raw. That's such an established crowd. Like even WWE itself knows that, you know, it's SmackDown numbers are going to be low. Right. Um, I don't know. Tuesdays and Thursdays are typically pretty big sports days, especially in the fall. Cause outside of, you know, hockey and basketball, then you got football on Thursdays. Now uh, Wednesday is kind of that money day. So I, yeah, if I were them, I would just put the the last hour on TBS, but again, it's another <laughs> it's another one of those weird experiments where it's like, well, you don't want to tune out of AEW, but you do want to tune out of this channel, so you want to go right over from TNT, you want to go find uh, TBS? Yeah, I... it's, it, it's right before Conan O'Brien, <laughs> and then you're going to watch uh, well, Mr. Conan O'Brien himself, so I'm excited to see if we get wrestlers at like Conan O'Brien Uh <laughs> As this news breaks, um, but Matt, you know, hot tag it. Is there is there a better spot uh, weekly for AEW to have uh, the dark show? Can I can I be a real doofus here uh, and yes. go back to how I got into pro wrestling? Uh, yes. Let's just do a Saturday morning show. Come on! Oh, woo! I, you know, I I know that everybody's in the room and they know that there's not money on a Saturday morning wrestling yeah, right. show. But for the program that's going to hire DDP, that's going to do Bash at the Beach, yeah, not for a week, but for two weeks, Bash at the Beach, the commentator in a in a white, flowy gown, uh, <laughs> Cody Rhodes out there in Miami Vice clothing. Yep. If this show did a Saturday morning, they would be the darlings. Of the wrestling community they we would worship these guys if they had the balls to do that i don't think they're going to but i love that idea i so i think what's interesting about that is the long game you play like think about wwe doing that and how many other people got into pro wrestling because of those saturday morning shows and right now i just got delivered to me mike two more wrestling t-shirts that i don't need and we're going to the royal rumble next weekend so the the benefits are like this, the lifetime value of the customer, and it all starts with that sort of investment. And the problem is you're, you're sort of at the mercy of these cable networks, so they're the ones that don't get any benefit from that. They don't get any long-term benefit because everybody's interest is going to change, your contract with different networks is going to change. But it's AEW and WWE that really, and New Japan, who, you know, Ring of Honor, they'd love to have a Saturday morning, because then you'd fall in love with that. Anyway, um, that is where you start to get those younger viewers, that's where you can start to have your own, like, let's tell the primetime television show that we should, you know, story, sorry, not show, story that we should be telling in primetime, and then... We can edit it down, and we can make it kid-friendly on every Saturday morning, and then every kid could still fall in love with Stone Cold and The Rock, like I did, uh, but we don't get the middle right. fingers, we don't get the naked ladies. I mean, you know, I I don't know what anybody's immediate reaction would be saying, you don't get the naked ladies, but um, I was, you know, nine at the time, so <laughs> I I really wasn't interested. Um, but I, I just the the problem is convincing those networks to do it and i think we were watching pro wrestling on fox kids so that's already a network devoted to kids television um but then they that now now it's a whole new job you have to do now you have to sell this primetime television show to children and you have to convince that network to put you on tv so um i mean right now it's to me it's it's an obvious choice if either one of those brands could do it but i think the problem is delivering the message to the separate networks before you can actually get it on television yeah uh, yeah sorry <laughs> i just no that was a that was a good uh, punctuation right there um it either i don't think the solution is to have dark uh you know make make dynamite a three-hour show because right. i think part of the appeal is that it's a little bit shorter as the as the mainstay I, I don't think we need three hours of a roster that is not gigantic i think two hours and then maybe some you know uh some peripheral guys on a saturday morning or on another station for like an hour yeah um uh, that's probably the way to go i, I mean uh, that, yeah, that's the um, yeah that's definitely the the realistic path right yeah. Um, uh, I, and by the way, just want to, uh, Taz, I, I love Taz. Um, I, I miss what was calling Smackdown with Michael Cole. Look at this Brock Lesnar. This guy's, uh, he's about 400 pounds, Cole, straight muscle. Um, uh, he's always intense. He always, you know, uh, sold everything perfectly. Um, he was really good on the, on the color commentary. Cause it was like, um, you know, you get former players, you know, in the, in the NFL booth and as much as, you know, you love, uh, Uh, you know, I guess you could say, goodness gracious, you know, the closest right now is like Corey Graves, who, you know, he's fine. I I just, I don't respect him as like an in-ring wrestling, like monster, like I do Taz, who I know is, you know, broken arms and broken his own body, you know, for this business. And I know that. I know saying that, Corey Graves is literally broken to the point he has to commentate, but <laughs> there's just there's a real authority behind what Taz says. Um, and I, I don't think you can replace it, and I, I think that AEW is really lucky to have this guy. Um, and as far as, my God, I can't believe we're going to have four people behind the desk. That's such a clutter <laughs> of voices. Um, God, I hope not. If anybody's going to step away, I really... I think that we've kind of been unfair to Excalibur because I think he's, he's been the one to kind of, you know, bring everybody home. Uh, He's the one who's actually got his notes. He knows everybody's name. He knows the company's name. He knows the company's acronym. Um, I love Shivani, but he's, he's usually like the third wheel. Um, So you kind of hear his voice last after the other two have, you know, exhausted their points. Um, So I I just, I think he's kind of a non-factor. I think Jr definitely wants to talk but i you know it's he's past his prime i think this is a great spot for to step in and work with excalibur no i i mean if if you went down to those two guys i'm not the biggest fan of excalibur but i also i can find problems with any announcer but his his uh his like uh, what do i want to say here during the match, like, he, he can call it. He knows what's going on. Like, it's not tough for him <laughs> to keep track of, of who's in the ring and what move is actually being uh being thrown down. So, to that effect. Yeah, it's like, that's they got to play. Remember how we talk about um Paul Heyman pl- having people play to their strengths? Yeah. I hate when they put a camera on that guy because he's terrible. But as soon as they take the camera away from him, just have him call the action, I think he's really good at his job no i i i totally agree with that i he he probably is the worst on-camera announcer and that what's funny is you figure he he would have figured out how to use like um what do i want to say here like he he wears that luchador mask like it's kind of like um oh my god i can't think of an acdc jesus Mike, I can't think of the lead guitarist's name in ACDC. Oh, Angus? Yeah, it's like how Angus Young wears the uh the, the, the kid's uniform up on stage. And the, the interviews he used to do, he would say he does it because if he goes out there as Angus Young, he doesn't have the confidence to do it. But when he wears that that costume, he's like a different person. And all of a sudden, he has the confidence to jump around on stage for hours. And I, I just, I love that. I, I think that's so cool. And I think... I thought that's what Excalibur was doing when we first saw him in that out, you know, with the luchador mask. I thought that was like, now I can be me, but I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's just, uh, you know, it's not his strong suit. Um, you're yeah. I think that, you know, you do adopt a uh, persona, you know, a little bit. And I, I think that's what you were, what you're, what you're saying there. So I, I totally agree. Uh, the last AEW move here, Matt was Brian cage. um, you know we gotta fill this roster out and this is a guy that I know a couple different promotions were gunning for him and it's it's good news for AEW especially if they're gonna add another hour of TV. Uh Matt, any final thoughts on Brian Cage? I mean he's not the guy that it's kinda like a Jack or a Jack uh Jake Hager uh signing. Like I think it, it does a lot for your SEO for like a couple of days for companies like us and bloggers like us but i mean uh, one day after aew and we're already done like we're fine like it's it's gonna happen he, he just you know he doesn't move the needle like uh i don't know anybody else so <laughs> <laughs> it, it's fine it, it's it's an okay signing i'll leave it at that um, I, I just, you know, his, his I, I think that, you know, one of my favorite real names with uh, Sean Michaels. You know, is Michael Lincoln Bottom. Uh, but Brian Cage also has a pretty great name. His real name's Brian Button. <laughs> so if oh. he ever goes face as like a clown, I would really, uh, I would cheer my heart out for if Brian he, Button. He better change his name to Brian Button. Oh uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, we got kind of a dark story here. Uh, what, uh, what's going on with Tessa Blanchard here? So she comes out and tweets i you know women need to be they need to support each other more and this this is the night before uh that she's gonna wrestle for the impact championship not the women's championship the impact heavyweight championship so this is going to be a female winning what would normally be considered the male championship is now just a pro wrestling championship uh yeah. impact wrestling you know what good for them we've we've made the comments where it's like people say a female wrestler and you go no it's just a wrestler um so they're they're trying to get ahead of it they're trying to get ahead of uh you know the pr stunt before wwe does it so they're trying this pr stunt um yeah but unfortunately tessa tweets this out and she gets a ton of backlash from other pro wrestlers uh including one chelsea green um who's who's now with the wwe but uh it it is just uh a a smattering of claims of racism spitting in people's face uh the non-support that she sort of kicked off in relationships where she would bully people and tell them they're not working hard enough or push them out of a company or force them out of storylines because she wasn't happy with their efforts. Um so basically what she was being called out for is is being a hypocrite. Uh but what really caught everybody was the racist uh storylines that were backed up mm-hmm. by eight different women and um shoot you know what i you could say there's still no proof but if you watched her win the title mike which which i did and you saw her post-game speech um you know that she a thousand percent did it (laughs) i what was the comment i mean i don't want you to say like words but what was you know what was her comment at the end of impact or what was her because we yeah what was the the racist thing i don't know oh to at uh so not at the end of impact you want to know what she did so they they were i guess it must have been impact wrestling was overseas or maybe just a collection of indie wrestlers were overseas they're actually uh going about on a tour and a black person walked by and I guess Tessa said the N-word and spit in this wow. person's face. And then this story was backed up um, multiple times. So I think I think when you said that a moment ago, I didn't hear you say the N-word part. And I thought you were just, oh, she's saying words, you know, saying things in people's faces, spitting. And I'm like, you know, Asuka's spitting on people. You know, she's not racist. Not, you know, uh, so now I'm getting a little more context here. So that's, this is confirmed by multiple people apparently so Mm. so yeah this isn't us breaking this news right this this has been news for almost a week um i just i don't know well here we go um i I actually just saw this because i i searched it we we have a tweet from uh tessa that just says not true that's my statement and the most attention i'll give it because of how actually ridiculous it is so so that's been tweeted out by tessa i yeah (laughs) i mean i i don't know what else to do with it but i mean you've got you've got some pretty big names in pro wrestling, like calling her out. Uh, but you know, then, then the next step is, uh, you know, the bigger news is impact just goes right on ahead with their plan, which again, you know, if anything is, it's more of a PR stunt than anything. Um, <laughs> if we're being mm-hmm. real here and, uh, yeah, now, now impact wrestling has based on claims and even her post match, uh speech which i guess right now i could take the time and try and queue up but um mike i mean so here's here's what jim Cornette says he says uh, we're finally learning uh how here's a voice how, of authority <laughs> how, this is funny because I, I i thought i actually laughed when i read this because i hate jim Cornette, but this is the first time in a while i've laughed at one of his tweets uh but he says we're finally re- learning how impact loads its roster and wh- what he's referencing is this idea that you know jeff hardy goes there um if if you can't get yourself right enough to be a public personality then then you go to impact wrestling which i i just giggled at it i thought it was cute i i didn't think there's a lot to take from that i just thought it was funny but i mean um yeah I, i i don't know um i'd say the best thing going for tessa is that the um uh, talking head on this story is Jim Cornette. I, if if uh, you know, I'm not saying that you know, obviously you and I aren't there, and we're not one of the wrestlers who are amongst her when she's you know after hours being herself. But yuck. Yeah. Um, I guess you know we don't know enough, but I, I would hope that if she you know <laughs> it does come out that this is true, uh, I, you know what's really going to happen. I think she's probably going to do a an apology parade that she doesn't really mean. Give some donations to you know some cause that she doesn't really believe in, and everybody will move on. I I don't know. It's I'm not saying that you know what she I'm not trying to say if she did is good, but I don't know how much people really care. It's just whenever we find someone who says something racist, it's always you know everybody likes to jump on and go, ha, not me. See they did it. (laughs) It's it's a weird crowd mentality that we like to do. I I don't know. uh i'm not pro Tessa blanchard i haven't watched enough of her i know i know she's a great athlete i know she's great at her job um you know you don't get a spot against the men unless you're doing something right as a as a woman um i don't know i think this is a story that we're gonna have to we wanted to you know bring it up on our show but we're gonna have to wait and kind of see um you know what comes up next out of this story well let me let me do this too um i should have done this from the beginning it's chelsea green says you've consistently put down bullied and belittled countless female co-workers including me is that support so this is to tessa's tweet hey women try supporting yeah. one another cool things happen allison k who you and i saw live uh and right. a wrestling show here in uh or, or not i don't want to say here in detroit um where was that some some uh, city south Detroit yeah some All city right. downriver yeah somewhere. remember right. when you spat in a black woman's face and called her the N word in Japan was that you supporting women in quotes the audacity of this tweet then Chelsea Green tweets out a gif of John Mulaney saying I remember that <laughs> uh, Priscilla Kelly says remember publicly putting me down on Twitter last year for something that didn't involve you whatsoever then continuing to drag my name to other people for it. And then she said Pepperidge Farm remembers, Um, (laughs) which is pretty funny. Um, (laughs) I I just, so there's two sides of this too. Like we also have to think like she's about to break ground for something that on television, no, no woman has done, which is take, uh, you know, the men's title and hold it because she is the best, according according to a lot of people who watch impact wrestling the best wrestler on that show um could be just some ladies being salty about it and and preferring that they were a part of it instead of her but um i don't know it's just it was a lot of people the timing of it I was know, bad. I, I think that's safe yeah i it. mean yeah i i appreciate you know you playing kind of devil's advocate but man those ladies kind of jumping out on twitter with uh, those posts that, that didn't uh you know, pull any punches. Oof. Doesn't look good for Tessa. Well, yeah, I wish I... So, while you were talking, I was trying to cue up, like, the quote of, of what exactly Tessa said. But, so, you know, I, I read the tweet that she did where she said, um, no, not true. And, and period. Uh, as, as her tweet goes. But after the match, when she won, and, you know, in front of a 100 people at the end of this Impact pay-per-view she said people make mistakes but she never apologized for anything and the 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 words of people make mistakes is an admission of guilt in my eyes right yeah um and a lot of people turned on her actually after that and i think people are like we're so reactionary. So we see you the tweet of her saying not true. So now the story's turning again, but, um, her saying people make mistakes in, in her speech and then kind of drawing tears as she's delivering the rest of this promo. Um, an apology should have followed, um, uh, say that people make mistakes. And I see now that that was a problem. I see why this is more than just a mistake. I can see how this can affect me. I, can, I see how this may affect all of these people that collect a paycheck from Impact Wrestling. And now I'm the leader of this brand, and all I have to do is apologize. None of that happened. So either this, uh, in my eyes, the words of people make mistakes, maybe she's referring to Chelsea Green and Allison Kaye. <laughs> but yeah maybe i severely doubt that and then i think she got coached up later by a legal team on what to tweet out but um yeah it's just this is a messy another mess for impact wrestling uh formerly tits and ass wrestling (laughs) and uh it's Uh just another reason for me to never ever want to tune in the only time these guys are in like on my radar is when stuff like this happens like um they have When they have guys, like, publicly quitting after a match, like, yelling at the camera at the end of a pay-per-view. <laughs> I'm all for it. But, uh, like, yeah. sitting down and watching this on a weekly basis, um, I'm fine. I'm good. I, I think this is just more proof. And, and you know, yeah, we, I've seen the problems now with Ring of Honor Wrestling. Uh, and now this Impact stuff is coming out. And Impact says, you know what, we're going to roll with this anyway. I think we're just seeing what the problem is with these these companies that people get behind instead of getting behind the pro wrestlers and what happens when they just absolutely have to put on a show instead of saying you know we can't pay people you know we don't have enough money to support if there's any injuries you know we can't support you if you are injured long term we should probably shut down no it's just this what can we do today can it get done yes all right then fine roll it out i don't care what the you know what the costs are and sometimes the cost is human life <laughs> yeah um i mean that's that's what not, happens that's like uh, uh i'm gonna sorry i didn't want to cut off your point go ahead i'm sorry okay, I'll go ahead i already took a drink of something I'm good. Oh, I, uh, it just made me think of, uh, and, and again, I'm not defending what Tessa said, but uh, <laughs> a comedian, Bill Burr, was talking about, uh, remember, those, remember those guys from Duck Dynasty? This guy's living in a swamp. Remember he said uh, something racist and people were all surprised. Really? You thought you were going to get something progressive from a guy who's 80 years old living in a swamp in Florida? No, you know, this is Tessa Blanchard. She's a pro wrestler. You know, she, 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 you know, waits. She's not going to have anything progressive for you. I don't know. I'm not defending her, but I just, I, don't no, know. I I hear you. This is just an opportunity for people to jump up and, you know, talk about how they're not racist. And shut up, Jim Cornette. It's not like Impact goes out and just says, let's get all the dirt bags and sign them. It's more like, my God, we, <laughs> there's all these wrestling promotions. We got to get talented people somehow. Well, this one has a lot of warts on it what kind of warts well it's tessa blanchard she's good enough she could probably carry your whole company but uh she does this thing <sighs> all right bring her aboard i think it's more like that not right like how jim cornett's putting it no and i I, um, I more or less just thought it was funny that he he was like all right time to pipe in after i do something super racist <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's the last person i want to hear like social commentary from uh but i don't want to dwell too much longer on this story it just kind of stinks that you know i I thought tessa was going to be upper echelon and now she's already got this stuff floating around just kind of a bummer um let's let's uh let's talk a little wrestling because one of my favorite things to do is do uh top three of the wednesday night wars but just before we do that uh we've given wwe a lot of flack for for kind of like hitting the reset button every month Um, And essentially, well, this uh, pay-per-view is over. All these feuds are done. Let's uh, hit that jumble button. (laughs) And then just see who's fighting each other this week. Yeah. That was a hard sound to do. It really tickled my lip. Um, But they're not doing that. I don't know if it's just the the Heyman being in the writer's room, if that really makes an impact. We know it's not Bischoff since he's not employed anymore. Uh, But Heyman, we got this last... Actually, Rusev's story, which is a lot of eyes rolling. Uh, we have Orton and uh, Styles still clashing, and we're heavily pushing—not to the top of the card—but in terms of quality, like that, this is a this is a can't-miss battle when these two go at each other. Is Buddy Murphy and Alistair Black? And this isn't something that they just did once or twice. Like they're actually having multiple collisions. And Murphy now is is actually getting to the point where he's so frustrated with his losses, he's aligning himself with Seth Rollins. Um, man, of these three feuds, is are these things that you're optimistic about? Because even with the Lashley and Rusev one, I think we all were. <laughs> it was kind of like a joke that's gone on too long. You know, we were kind of like, oh, okay, this is kind of funny. Once, wow, they're doing this again. Wow, three weeks. Wow, four weeks. Wow multiple pay-per-views we're gonna have these two go at it and i don't know they have their own little niche and i think people are still pro rusev and i think that they like to boo lashley and lana <laughs> um and then orton and styles it's it's just kind of its own thing these are just two great guys who have not really had you know like a one-on-one you know like uh send-off match um, but yeah matt how do you feel about that do you, do you think that that's a, an accurate assessment there, these, these long-term storylines? And what is the benefit for WWE doing this? I, so, I think, I think we all love our long-term storylines because, uh, shoot... We, we tune into our Netflix shows and binge watch eight hours of the same show because we're so addicted to, to what could be going on. And, and shoot, you know what? You and I are huge fans of movies. We like our long-term story. Um, so we like to – it's just what humans do. Like since the beginning of time, we've been telling stories, and they need to have meaning. And to have meaning – Sometimes in pro wrestling, they can't just be a one-nighter. Like, those get boring. You only have so many one-nighter stories. But there are stories that can be told over a long period of time. Ah, It's just, like, the human psyche. Like, this is how we process words. This is how we process... Like, since we start processing words... This is is, going to get too philosophical and um, psychological. Since we process words based off of learning stories... That's why it just is, like, brain crack, like, for us when we have a story that makes sense. And it's why it's so goddamn infuriating when something doesn't make sense. And that's why we get so frustrated with pro wrestling is because it's the one medium of entertainment that doesn't make sense with its stories. And even the cavemen knew how to tell stories with goddamn paintings on the wall. Fucking animals that didn't even exist. And the WWE can't get it right. But um, when it's a long-term storyline, here's the problem. And I, I know you ask why we like it so much. There's so much opportunity to fuck it up. <laughs> I just... If it's not just by chance and an injury, it's going to be WWE creative that will see... It, they're like... Uh, you know a dog chasing cars like they don't, they don't even know what they're gonna do and they get it you know I'm, I'm stealing from the dark knight obviously but um really they so that came from your brain <laughs> <laughs> they they they're so distracted by everything going on they can't just let something good happen so here's the good the good is that they're actually doing it the bad is that it's at like like ask yourself this mike like we're all gonna be excited now that rusev is back on top but you know what we just had to sacrifice for that about three months of watching monday night raw two or three months is that really worth it was there a better way to do long-term storytelling than to have us watch Lana and Rusev and Bobby Lashley air their dirty laundry on TV. I mean, this, I mean, it's, it's not once upon a time in Hollywood. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. It's not the Irishman, mm-hmm. uh, but what I do think is that what, what they're doing is they're, they're making something memorable out of these feuds because so often it's kind of like we have these two established characters, you know, they're, they're going to you know bump into each other for, you know, four weeks and then it's over but what they're doing with this story is they just keep like dragging out Rusev and Lana's broken relationship. And then it's them getting divorced and then it's Bobby getting married. And then it's all these other people who, you know, used to date Lashley and Lana and (laughs) now Rusev and Liv are going to tag team and fight them. And honestly, it, the story's so long. It's like now they have to find new ways for them to fight each other. They're like forced to be a little creative. So it's, it's kind of interesting, and uh, amongst these three well, different—come uh, on! Wait, hold on! Amongst these three long-term storylines, like Lashley and Rusev, at first I was kind of like, "What are we doing?" But this, in a way, you know, like how we talk about Brock Lesnar being a um, a special, like, like a, a special uh, hors d'oeuvre—you know, a special dish for those people who like that. You know, I just want a 10-minute monster match where somebody gets destroyed by Brock. All right, there you go. <laughs> And you can also watch, you know, uh, a Kiri match, you know, against, uh, you know, Brian Kentry. There you go. You you can call it a five-star match, whatever. You know, it doesn't do anything for me. I like to watch Drew McIntyre count down from three to one and then kick (laughs) people with his foot and pretend that he has a giant two-handed sword of a dick. (laughs) You know, there's something for everybody. So I think what they're doing is now they have this weird, like, you know, uh, four in the afternoon drama going on with Lashley and Rusev. Then you have Orton and styles It's just two, you know, grizzled cowboys who've been in the Wild West for 30 years and they finally cross territories. And now only one of them can stand. And they're both really good at their jobs. They're both at the end of the dusty trail and only one of them's going to be standing tall. But, you know, then you have Murphy and Alistair and it's just, uh, I'm going to kick your fucking ass. And it's just that for 20 minutes, a piece, and the crowd can't get enough because it really seems like honest-to-God violence whenever these two are fighting each other in the ring. It seems to transcend past traditional professional wrestling and into something that could legally be assault. (laughs) It really looks painful. Um, (laughs) So it's just, again, they found a way to kind of extend different strokes for different folks – on monday night raw so you can kind of it's like it's almost like you're watching mini series of like like netflix shows you know you could turn into a like a just a violent street fight between murphy and alistair or you can watch a couple grizzled old cowboys go at it in orton styles or you know if if you know tickles your fancy to you know watch kind of an afternoon drama then there's some (laughs) <laughs> shirtless uh knife edge chops and birthday cakes and wedding cakes get thrown at each other uh you know we got lashley and rusev it, it kind of feels like that's what they're doing yeah i mean there's obviously positive ways to paint that story Mike, I just honestly tell me this <laughs> and as much as i love rusev what was the last feud he did before lashley uh, or not even not that's not even a fair question which of his feuds do you ever remember outside of, like, John Cena. Mm. Well, Mike, is that still the, the right question to ask? Let me come back at you. Like, So, I mean, could you have put Rusev, like, in the Buddy Murphy storyline? You know, and have Alistair, you know, with uh, with his wife going up against Lashley somehow? Uh, you know, uh, uh, on-screen Selena Vega? Oh, wait, his last—no, le- I... he was doing Rusev Day where he was doing the same shit where it was Lana was possibly cheating on Rusev it's always the same shit i i no but i, I mean like a like a memorable feud I, I don't i think that what they're doing is making these you know these um uh pairings kind of sink in like they're getting time to tell stories i'm i'm actually like i don't love i love Rusev i bought a sweatshirt You know, he's he's probably never going to be the champion. And I'm not super devastated because I think what he's doing is his own thing. It's kind of like I can't see anybody else doing what Rusev does, where he's, like, he's got the comedic chops. He knows that this is a super silly storyline. He knows he's got to let this company exploit, you know, his relationship with his real-life wife. You know, to, to sell tickets, to get people to tune in. And it's kind of working. I mean, this is a guy free, who is free. Instagram, it's just him, <laughs> pantless and shirtless, mowing the lawn in flip flops, you know, or doing um, uh, pectoral flexes with his little baby doggies, you know, running across him. Like, he's that kind of guy. And I, I think he's okay with where he is right now. And do you think that? knowing rusev's okay with this storyline does that kind of help you enjoy it a little bit more hey I... no <laughs> i don't i don't well, know i can't how make you times, like it but i don't know how many times yeah. i need to just like like when it was a couple months ago and we were all saying um uh how ridiculous this was can't rusev just get in a uh like in a story that is him and and in, in pro wrestling and get away from lana why can't we just do that why can't we just be smart enough creatives to to just do it that way instead of always revolving around that i don't know i i just i always fall into that pitfall of you know just be better and um Like, like there's these hypothetical great stories just, you know, sitting there unused and, you know, they're, they're, they're very well could be, you know, I don't know who's working in the back for WWE anymore. Um, but I will say this is something that's memorable. I think that Lashley and Rusev will both, um, <laughs> they both have a, like a, a new gloss to them from the crowd where it's not like, man, what a great story look at Lana yelling at us and Rusev Day and Rusev calling Lashley Bob which is still the funniest thing every Monday night come on Bob Um, but I think they really do have a they're starting to get like a respect for how ridiculous this is this soap opera and that they're still putting effort into selling it yeah I mean so here's the reality Um, I didn't want to have to get to this point but uh oh, Mike, boy. I, here we go. I turned it off. Here we go, old five star classic, Matt. Oh my God. All right, what is it, Matt? I kind of st- you yeah, know Akira Tozawa. If if he was doing forty five minute Iron Man, no. You know what, Mike? This this is taking it too far. When we talk about we want story from our <laughs> pro wrestling, this is too far. Yeah. I've stopped watching because of this kind oh. of storyline. Matthew. I didn't want it to get to this point, but yeah. I, I turn it I'm off doing. when this starts. I'm sorry. People I, are, are I turn turning around and they're like, Yay, Rusev. Um I don't I turn up the volume and I call my dad. That's fine. Uh but it, it's bad enough for me, Mike, that I have totally a thousand percent moved on from it and I just wait for my McIntyre segments. Well Yeah. I mean he is Drew McIntyre. Uh Mike, I'm not gonna be the I oh you know what? I am gonna be that guy. I just I watched 10 hours of goddamn new japan pro wrestling and Uh i was not happy while i was watching it because i was so tired but goddamn it all if it wasn't some of the best like wrestling i've watched in a long time and i didn't know what the fuck was going on so i don't i don't think bobby lashley's that great at pro wrestling so i don't need to see him in the ring i think rusev is really good so how about we stop dicking around? Um, how about the rumors that Brock Lesnar is going to be facing um, that the the Uf- I'm sorry the UFC fighter again at WrestleMania, and he's going to be the one to eliminate Brock Lesnar in the Royal Rumble? Yay! Yep. What a fun show that's going to be. So why don't we just stop with the bullshit? Let McIntyre win the goddamn <laughs> Rumble. Let him face Rusev for the title. I don't care. Just give me that. I want to stop having to to like argue against like last week when we were talking about Brock Lesnar being in the Rumble and I I understand you you are the the level-headed like person that that can draw the silver line and find it with WWE but god damn it Brock Lesnar shouldn't be in this Rumble I shouldn't have to worry about fucking Kane Velasquez showing up he's been all over WWE's Instagram because they're switching channels in the UK I there's so much bad right now, and I just I, uh, I'm uh, I'm hitting my break. I honestly, I honestly, when I uh, and I want to move on to our Wednesday Night Wars segment because I'm gonna get so mad just thinking about in two weekends when Kane Velasquez wins the Royal Rumble. Oh my God, I might throw up blood i don't know what i'm gonna do i might throw up blood i might poop blood sweat blood cry blood there's just gonna be blood there's just plasma and blood everywhere because the only way he can save us the only way he can save us the only way he can save us because he's gonna be there i totally forgot that he signed a multiple appearance deal after that you know uh uh Saudi Arabian, you know, super duper showdown, who knows what that's called anymore. The only way he can save us is if he's not in the rumble and he just pulls Brock over the top rope. That's our only hope. Yeah. (laughs) As soon as I heard that name, I just looked at the heavens and I went, Fuck! Fuck! Because it's gonna if he if he enters at number thirty, I don't Oh my god. He's so flabby. Like, give me a UFC fighter that's ready to go. Don't give me no, this get guy of the that in gave shape up. Ones. Yeah, what happened to Matt Riddle? He's in shape. Get him in there. I just, why would you? Oh, I, 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 oh, oh, oh. I can't even imagine it would be booze if Velasquez won the Rumble. It would just be this incredulous, "Why?" Like you wouldn't hear "boo," you'd hear "why," <laughs> "why." This isn't for anyone. So, I mean. That's, yeah, you're a thousand percent right. And everybody should be at their breaking point right now. Because, I I mean, we had to suffer through Kofi losing in a half a second. And now, like, what? (laughs) Why don't we just have, like, a Brock Lesnar title and just have people try and take it from Brock Lesnar? (laughs) And and then... Yeah, I mean, it works for The Fiend. Just have Brock have a belt with his own face on it. Yeah, like your point where you said... um. You know, I I get my Drew McIntyre segments every now and then like, "Oh, great." You you heard me last week where I'm losing confidence in 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 watching these McIntyre segments anyway. So I admitted that last week before this conversation started. But why don't we do that? Give the the fans who watch every week the thing that they actually want. Huh? <laughs> Drew McIntyre holding the title. I I have not Mike in my in our years of covering as the brothers of discussion, I've not seen more support for the man Drew McIntyre than we are seeing right now, and you know what? It's still not going to happen. Ready to pull the trigger. It's still <laughs> not going to goddamn happen. Here's what's going to happen. I, I, that's like it's it's on the like if you know um, you watch like detective movies and they got the the big. Um, you know stretched yarn photographs of people in the back and they're like man if we just get velasquez if he comes out you know brock's winning God he's eliminating people left and right and kane comes out kane velasquez comes out there what kane velasquez keep going well, i know i just got these great <laughs> ideas they're just popping out of me and he eliminates the beast, brock lesnar and then drew McIntyre comes in with the glamour but <laughs> Cain Velasquez grabs his leg, snaps in two. <laughs> that Drew over the top rope. and then we can see Drew go, oh, that crowd is going to lose their minds. It's going to happen. God, uh, my, my stomach hurts. It's, it's, oh, it's going to happen. <sighs> I pissed myself in anger while you were doing that. So I hope you're happy. <laughs> I, you know... We were reacting to a post in the Facebook group, but we got to move on because this show is getting long again. Um, when I said there's almost undoubtedly Charlotte is going to win. She's not really been talked about. She's Charlotte. Uh, we've already given the Women's what? Royal Rumble no. to hey, Asuka hey, and Becky. No, we just had to watch her win some bullshit uh, feud with Sarah Logan just to help her build herself up as the person we already know she is. Here's more bullshit that this stupid goddamn company threw at us was a two-week-long quote-unquote feud where Sarah Logan just got trashed in a match. Absolutely rolled. And then she just sits on the ground, and Charlotte asks the ref to go get her robe. Sarah Logan was just qualified as a (laughs) non-qualifier. Like, (laughs) that... If anything, I... Like, that... That feud was so infuriating because all they had to do is have Sarah Logan roll up Charlotte and Charlotte could get over Sarah Logan in the Rumble, but help build Sarah Logan just a little bit. And then I asked on Twitter, was this something that is like, does this mean Sarah Logan's going to toss out Charlotte or does it mean nothing? And the uh, the tweet blew up with people responding. This means nothing. Charlotte is still winning the Rumble none of this mattered and sarah logan just had to take two straight losses or look like a, a a crash test dummy for two straight weeks i i i will fight you on that point sir and i have let me do my my little i have my glove in hand thwap thwap hey what point are you fighting me at what are you talking you said about? charlotte hasn't been talked about yeah she hasn't been like you know main event stuff she's kind of been on the side she's fighting sarah logan matt I, I I rest my case. Okay, if that's your point, then that was your point. But I'm just saying, like she's not out there fighting Bailey. She's not out there fighting, uh, you know, Becky. She's you know kind of been doing her own thing against Sarah, and uh, it's a uh, it's kind of a classic uh, smokescreen tactic. I, you know, right around Royal Rumble season, who's pretty good, but we haven't really talked about him. It just that's why I, angered me. That's why I felt good about McIntyre until I realized that Kane Velasquez isn't played by WWE. Oh yeah. Woo! Isn't that fun, Man. though? Remember that great match they had? Woo-hoo! Can't wait. I can't wait to see that again. Mike, I'm telling again. you, go watch Wrestle Kingdom 14, and you'll fall in love with Naito, <laughs> as I did. And that wasn't even the best match, but... Matt, let's talk about some of the best matches of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the top three from the Wednesday Night Wars. Woo! Hey, that was perfectly timed. Uh, Matt, you were punished this week. <laughs> You had to watch AEW. I really liked um, it. <laughs> I do, too. I don't know why you trashed it in weeks previous. But um, I got NXT. Um, Matt, I'm going to let you start off here. Uh, top three moments going three to one. Matt, what was the number three moment from all elite can, wrestling? Can I just say, two? Like no, you I can't. was so mad at the WWE. That I said week. no. All right, well. NXT UK Blackpool mike that was some of the best that was one of the best pro wrestling shows that wwe has produced in the last year i fucking love that show in like the last 16 days what because <laughs> it's the new year no in the last year so that goes 300 oh! that's a rolling year comment that's 365 rolling days year. Okay, I was doing it like a mortgage. Like you know, we started the new year. All right, so they There's go still ahead. rolling years in mortgages. No, man, it's one and done. All no, right, you have there's every year before and after it starts. <laughs> um, Not if you're smart. Get that, get that payment up. High, no, because you know. see, in mortgages, they will tax you even if you've only had your mortgage for a, like a month. So there, yeah, I, I won that argument payments you only pay one of them uh-huh. anyway cash payment i just so now matt at the end of the show wants to bring up nxt uk liverpool i think it was blackpool i mean blackpool <laughs> it definitely was blackpool uh i mean honestly it was another you know greatest match of all time from tyler Bay. the tag teams were amazing i i just go watch it everybody i i i just okay. bitched for a long time but that oh my god that was top notch that that gave you everything that you could have wanted out of pro wrestling anyway uh aew what am i doing my number three yeah your number three moment from the entire episode of uh, all elite Wrestling. all right i'm gonna pick Mike, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of, you know what, let's do this. I'm going to pick Hangman Page and Kenny Omega winning uh, the opening match of the night, which is usually reserved for tag teams because AEW cares about tag team wrestling, so they always make sure it's the first match of the night and completely bury it. Anyway, uh, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega win. There's a fun little storyline going on where Hangman is definitely frustrated with the Elite um you could interpret it two different ways where hangman kind of just looks like he's like he's like a little kid who wants to be more involved and they won't let him uh and then the flip side is that we're we're heading to kenny omega versus hangman page where uh as i go deeper into this list we'll hear about how far away kenny omega is from the aew championship and how dumb that is to begin with but um i I think ultimately this is a better route to go if we want to do like some slow burns as you were talking about before let's not just immediately give kenny omega the title um and this will be interesting because right now kenny omega is playing the dummy who can't see that hangman is ready to turn on him and uh even though they're about to fight scu for the titles i'm not going to be surprised when they win which i think would be the best way for the storyline to progress uh but yeah hangman's getting pissed and it's actually fun to watch Uh, i'm getting interested in hangman who's super vanilla and kenny omega plays like the dumb straight guy perfectly who's also super vanilla right now as his kenny omega character exists in aew if you can argue that somehow god bless you but there's nothing but vanilla ice cream on (laughs) in the bowl for this tag team and they're adding a little bit of chocolate sauce and i'm all about it um that sounded oddly sexual anyway uh mike what was your number three for nxt i don't know if you're calming yourself down i gotta get my hands out of my pants (laughs) after that one yeah i gotta fan me um (laughs) i'm gonna say a number three moment here for nxt it was tough because there's a lot of good uh a lot of good segments um, I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, I'm going to say Matt Riddle, Pete Dunn, defeating Mark Andrews, <laughs> Black, Flash Morgan, Webster. Uh, it was a shame, it was a crying shame that they didn't bring over my favorite UK announcer, because I, I love that guy. I love how he says, Flash, Morgan, Webster, and all the other <laughs> characters on the UK show. Uh, but this is the new, uh um uh, are some of the best guys of nxt just suddenly get together um and good lord i'm getting i'm getting emergency texts here nobody's in trouble but i have to walk our recording equipment to the fridge i'm so sorry um good god i guess there's a, a fire at my girlfriend's work and she had to go investigate she's fine we need an address here. Hold on. Sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely didn't take my focus away from a professional wrestling match. Let, me, let um, me do no. Let me do my number two then for AEW. Jump into number two. I'll do three and two together. This is insane. I've never had this is the first time here. Uh, the Brothers in discussion, man. Please. all right so this this is another week where i think i'm gonna i'm I, maybe i'm just purposefully trying to go with like the surprise answer just to like go gee i'm smarter than all of you because because you guys all pick this if you're number one and i picked it as my number two um <laughs> i actually jumped when i said two right there but uh mike my, my, I'm, I'm picking everything that happened with moxley is my number two so we got his eye taken out of his head and uh he, he also made sure to let uh, Pac know that he was not going to just go straight to the AEW championship, which um, all of this world together is um, Moxley facing Guevara, and then the inner circle comes out and attacks Moxley. And uh, Moxley getting the win means that he gets to face uh, Pac, who would win later in the night, who faced uh, Darby Allen. Uh, for the number one contender spot, and this is great in so many different ways. There's so many different folds to this because we're finally seeing like the sporting, um, I don't know, uh, feel for for AEW. Like you, you won these these two matches that were sort of like a qualifier and a tournament, and now you're gonna have this number one contenders battle at the next uh, the next night two a bash at the beach, and. Um, so that that's great. Just the idea that they're finally letting this happen. They're finally doing like these two matches will lead to a number one contenders panel. Beautiful. Good job, AEW, thumbs up. But the whole Moxley stuff and having his eyeballs scratched out, and then they were gonna take him to the hospital. And then of course he, he you know, he's he's in the meat wagon, he has to kick the back door of the meat wagon open, and uh, you know, he's trying to get back to the ring while Pac is like making an announcement that of course i'm the number one contender for the title because moxley can't fight next week he doesn't have an eyeball um and moxley comes out uh where i I thought he looked like barrick from game of thrones everybody else said he looked like solid snake from uh, metal gear uh but i mike when you see our graphic for for this week for this week's episode it it will be you'll see what i'm talking about when it comes to moxley looking like barrick Uh, but he comes out with his one eyeball tells Pac that he didn't get away with anything and you know you know that Moxley's winning next week and here's the thing about long-term storytelling Mike like this is where it gets good where they've been building up this feud of Moxley and Jericho and this is when you want Moxley and Jericho to happen and this is when it's gonna happen so even though Moxley's down an eyeball there's no way he's losing <laughs> the Pac next week. And nobody has a problem with that. Like when he gets that pin, the one, two, three, that yeah. arena, or I guess that ship <laughs> where they're filming it is going to absolutely blow up. Now here's, here's the new point to this. The new little wrinkle Moxley with one eye. Now he looks exactly like Beric from game of Thrones, but they're at sea. If he does not show up dressed, as a pirate, what the fuck are we doing watching this medium of entertainment? This is pro wrestling and should be silly when it counts. They're at sea. He has an eyeball. Come out there in like a captain's jacket and a pirate hat and just own it. Oh my God. <laughs> what a waste if John Moxley has one eyeball and he's not dressed up as a pirate next week while they're at sea please god tell me that's gonna happen anyway uh that that is uh that's my number two for all of that and for what it means for next week it's good storytelling it was great wrestling i mean it, it kind of rolls in the the pock and uh darby allen match but that's super cheating for me to say well it's three segments um plus two matches and then uh then it's good so that, that's that's my number two uh yeah if he does exc- come out as a pirate i mean yeah exactly right what are we doing here this is <laughs> we're just screaming for pirates uh that's what i want um uh, Matt. uh crisis averted everything's okay over here so thank you for uh for kind of taking the reins for a few minutes um nxt yeah what a show uh so yeah we had flash morgan webster and mark andrews They—they they lost um which was kind of a bummer because uh, you know it's one of my least favorite things when established tag teams lose to haphazardly put together superstar teams. But you know I get it; it's riddled and done. I get it, but I'm not going to make my number two match be the grizzled young vets as much as I love them because I don't think this was like an A plus plus match. Instead, the match that kind of blew me away here at number two was Leo Rush, Swerve, and Tyler Breeze. Any match where Tyler Breeze. Is the big guy is uh, first of all just incredible to see. Who is he fighting? Um, but it really gave me a reminder of like, man, what a talented guy Leo Rush is, and what a bummer that that dude is three and a half feet tall. Like, <laughs> it's 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 like it's like he's the rock in Kevin Hart's body. Like he's literally. Uh, Like the Jumanji movie. Like, I I feel so bad for him because he'll never, ever be a mega superstar. (laughs) But he works so damn hard. He's so talented. He's so flexible. His moves are so fluid. Um, And he's so creative in the ring uh, with essentially he's doing like springboards, stunners. He's doing stunners off the bottom rope. When people are whipping him out of the ring, he'll bounce back into the ring with his butt and then stun him into oblivion. Uh, he'll do, fro- you know, six star frog star splashes where he's basically bonking his head on the roof because he jumps so high. Uh, but he didn't win. Swerve won as NXT develops yet another young megastar. Um, I-, I don't know if he's going to be as, you know, top flight as you know, uh, guys I just mentioned like Riddle and Dunn. But um, they're certainly going to try. Um, and he's a guy who, again, another hyper athletic talent who is not even anywhere near the top of the card yet but it's just the NXT depth got to flex its muscle last night and matt it it still is incredible as that triple threat was to see who gets to fight uh angel garza at worlds collide for the cruiserweight championship it was not number one before we get to that though matt what was the number one moment from AEW? number one for me easily Was another promo from Cody Rhodes. Knocking out promo of the year. Here on January. It was January 15th. No, I I just. I can't get enough of of Cody and MJF. And I tweeted out last night. Like, Cody is so good at promos. It's insane that he has to overcome. Arguably, I, I would say it's definitely in the top two of like speech impediments and and for someone that half their job is public speaking yeah he still gets over this he's honestly met like the wrestling james earl jones well like this lisp can you believe it he gets over with a lisp and he's a public speaker and he's supposed to be a tough guy i'm i'm not trying to make fun of people with lisps and i tweeted this out last night where i said i'm not trying to be mean but think about society think about how like people react to lisps um as i try to as i I lisp through this but it just it doesn't go over well but i i feel like like cody is so just and, and and it's obvious right i mean we've all been saying this for years um this is a guy that it's in his blood but god he is so in line with what is going on with pro wrestling right now i said he could be deaf in one ear and have a stutter and he'd still get over. I I just, uh, and I really took it over the top there. I hope nobody was offended by that, but I was offended. That guy just gets it. And I, I know I'm not you know, like, <laughs> am I, am I the first person to say it? No. Am I super late in saying it? I've said it before, but th- th- last night's promo was another gem. Um, He may have faltered once with his timing and that all we do with that is just go oh well that's not his best promo of all time but it's his best promo of you know january 2020 uh it might be one of his best of 2020 but um you know he he he's selling this story of hating mjf there's a really ridiculous um stipulation going on where he's gonna have to face 40 lashes uh he can't touch MJF, but he delivered this great line of like I don't need to hit you. I'm in your head. You delivered these stipulations because you're scared of me. This it's just it's perfect. And so much of this just feels like Cody Rhodes is all over it. There's nobody really like in his head going, All right, you gotta say this. This is just all Cody Rhodes. Um and I, I think a lot of it comes back to like like MJF could represent everything that was going on with, with uh wwe reacting to aew like it's almost like mjf being the rich kid is the spoiled brat of the wwe uh who has all this money to throw around so he hires like a bodyguard and cody rhodes is trying to overcome this and and everything he's saying is almost like it's it's coming back at wwe Uh, I'm i'm probably way overthinking this but you can see those elements of how he's talking to MJF and like these 40 lashes are going to be like these other shows, like NXT going head to head with AEW, Uh, the pay-per-views that are going to try and compete with, with AEW, the amount of money that Fox throws at WWE and AEW gets a small, tiny fraction of that from Turner networks. Um, All of this, all of this has to be rolled together and just be another, you know another part of the thought process for cody rhodes and something to get off his chest but uh ultimately he delivers an a plus promo and i hope more people can see like the blend like we talk about the blend of real life and pro wrestling when when fucking kevin nash and scott hall go over to wcw yeah (laughs) yeah no shit (laughs) but when cody rhodes lets mjf represent the wwe universe or or more or less the chairman um and all of its benefactors that is good storytelling um i don't know how many people are seeing that i don't know how many people have gotten to that point but that yeah is where we're at folks it's no you know what um if you want to if you want to know how good of a job he did mjf is really great at getting heat um everything he says has just acid and spit and it hits home really mean things especially pointing out cody's lisp. um so i think with that said it's a little bit like uh like the nutty professor uh when dave chappelle is in the movie kind of making funny eddie murphy's character and you know he's the crowd's kind of on dave chappelle's side because he's funny but then eddie murphy gets him back i don't think that if Cody, like Matt, if what you're saying wasn't true, like Cody would still get big pops, like with those hard hitting jabs from MJF, it would take a Herculean promo effort to make him still seem like a like a credible voice, and he did it. So you know it makes both guys on kind of an even keel there that they they both look like you know, they, that they have their wits about them. So it's, it's a, it's a success on both sides. And, you know, I think it's going to be great to see the, the payoff matches here in the uh, coming weeks. Uh, so I think a uh, great pick for number one, Matt, my number one guilty pleasure. Anytime there's a battle Royal, you know, I get to get excited and that's what we got at NXT. That was my number one moment, the battle Royal to decide who is going to fight real Ripley at worlds collide. Um, I really love the way WWE scripts their battle royals, uh, even if it's at the expense of uh, lesser-known talent, where sometimes they're entered into the battle royals, uh, you know, during a commercial break or um, uh, as a group. Uh, (laughs) So (laughs) what that means, though, is that when you do get music, you know, that's your cue to pay attention. And this was one of those instances, because the last person to enter, enter the battle royal was shana baszler and the crowd is like oh no like it was it was uh just perfectly directed because the whole crowd kind of reacted exactly as the you know whoever's in the back but orchestrating this if it's you know michael lincoln bottom uh it's michael hayes i don't know uh but it, it was a it was a success uh shana comes out she's you know running a run, run shot rough shot over the the women um but yeah, she doesn't end up winning. She gets eliminated by Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, one of the more impressive uh, chants of the last two weeks, uh, DDP getting the yoga, yoga, yoga chant going. Yeah. And Shotzi, in a in a different way, uh, getting the crowd behind her because she, in a almost, not quite to this degree, but like Maven uh, eliminating the Undertaker, uh, Shotzi came out of nowhere to kick out the um, uh, Queen of Spades And, uh, you know, they're probably going to be able to feud. They had some Twitter back and forth. So that definitely looks like it's got legs to it. So keep Shayna away from Rhea. Um, And, you know, Shotzi got to, uh, you know, get her name out there without, you know, causing Shayna to actually get pinned or submit. Um, And then again, what WWE does so good with these battle royals is, um, you know, mid-card feuds. Have those factor into eliminations. Um, And this was no exception. Tegan Knox was... uh, (laughs) <laughs> what i'm gonna say what what i what i'm gonna call affectionately call the jericho spot in the rumble where um she's in it for a while she's one of the bottom four but she doesn't win and right when she starts getting her shit in you're like oh no how's she gonna get kicked out <laughs> and lo and behold <laughs> in the jericho spot uh dakota kai who'd already been eliminated you know causes tegan to fall out of the ring uh, the only kind of weird blemish was the finish um because our bottom two was Bianca Belair and Io Shirai, and Io, you know, as you know, has been you know fighting as a heel uh, past couple months. Um, kind of they reworked her music a little bit, reworked her gear, um, her move set was a little bit different. She's still the genius of the sky, but not relying on that as much. Um, but they were hot for Io with all those efforts, and I think when Bianca eliminated her with one of her overhead power moves, it's an impressive sight, but. Uh, hmm just kind of a weird uh booking decision there to have bianca go over because i i don't know if people are clamoring for that that match but i gotta think that it's because they're saving you know eo and, and Rhea for something bigger rather than you know an event called worlds collide it i, I gotta hope because uh you know to be that over um in another way to call eo um Another Jericho spot where you're just over no matter what you do, if you're a face or a heel, uh, that crowd wanted her, and that crowd got denied. So in classic Rumble, Battle Royal fashion, <laughs> the one we wanted to win didn't win. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, we'll keep watching. And, uh, yeah, if you get 15 minutes, this was, this was a fun one, especially because you got some Casey Cunanzaro. Um, gymnastics tricks that kept her from, you know, staving off elimination. It, it was uh, exactly what I like. It was fun. I I am one of those people. <clears throat> I desperately wanted my EO to take the win, but uh, here we are. I uh, I was I was I was pretty disappointed by that. But right, um, I think I think your point is what made me sleep last night was just you know what this isn't the right pay-per-view she should win it somewhere bigger she should get that opportunity to really show off right instead of it just being this world's collide where they last year they filmed it at wwe access so i don't know i don't know if that's the same way they're doing it um right but anyway why would we believe anything else at this point i don't know Matt, are we ready to ride off into the sunset we are i i'm putting together our, our graphic as we speak for today's episode i'm pretty excited to share it because i love it so goddamn much and i can't wait to put it online um <laughs> but yeah this 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 was an opportunity at least for me to vent a little bit so i appreciate everybody uh taking a moment to uh and my god matt next week is the royal rumble preview yeah what the what the fuck are we doing let's give our let's give our pick a week a week before right we have to i i i think we kind of did earlier but i'm picking charlotte flair and kane velasquez at this point shit um well okay here we are Uh, (laughs) um i guess i mean i was kind of gonna go the same route but uh I'll pick. Let's uh, say this: Kane uh, Velasquez doesn't enter, and he just pulls Brock over the top rope. Realistically, who's left standing? I God, I hope it's Drew McIntyre. Here's here's what's actually gonna happen. We all do, man. We all do. Three, two, one. Climb on. <laughs> Mike, here's what's gonna happen: Kane Velasquez wins the men's rumble, and then uh, Ronda Rousey wins the women's. Uh, Simple as that. It's been booked. (laughs) You know, that is not the dumbest idea. I mean. Oh, my God. All right. Tell me why. Wow. Well, I think because Charlotte at this point is the biggest threat. I I don't think anybody's even close to being a contender like she is. But for Rhonda's music to hit, I think the crowd would kind of lose their minds a little bit. Like, the opposite of the reaction that Kane Velasquez is going to get when he comes out at number 30 and embarrasses himself, tripping down the aisle, Titus style, and then he still rolls in and eliminates Brock with one punch. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I totally see that going down. Um, I, I will say, uh, everybody who's a Brothers a Discussion fan, if you are attending we would love to grab a beer either uh let's plan something for saturday night or sunday just before the rumble uh i think i think that would be a ton of fun so if you guys want to just reach out on twitter just go ahead and send us a message you don't even have to dm us we 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 have an easy time sorting through all the messages that we get So, so don't worry there um but yeah, uh I think that would be I think that would be some good fun. So we'll we'll reach out again next week on the show. Uh but but yeah, that that would be fun to talk some wrestling. Um there's there's a voodoo donuts, but we know there's plenty of bars nearby. Uh but Mike, I as for all the shit talking I did uh today for WWE, I am super excited. So uh here's here's to the rumble not being as bad as, as I painted it to be. And, uh, Did you just pour one onto the ground? Because, yeah. uh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I, I'm just so nervous. I felt so good about McIntyre last week, and now the realization that Kane Velasquez is alive has broken my soul. Uh, we'll try and recover next week. We'll try and give some odds, because I'm going to try and pull the Vegas odds, and I'm really terrified to see what Velasquez is. <laughs> what his two-to-one odds are going to become next Sunday. Jesus. But, Matt... Let's try and stay optimistic. Maybe something <laughs> nice will happen for once. You never know. Uh, let's go off into that sunset, buddy. Uh, yep, that's it. Uh, follow us on uh, the Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud and uh, Spotify and Google Play, and uh, we hope uh, we hope that you'll let us know how you feel about the show and uh, keep listening and meet us uh, meet us in Houston. Bye, everybody.